on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Hey, everybody. This is AJ, and it's the Unnecessary Podcast, as you know. For those who are first-time listeners, the Unnecessary Podcast is uh, with me and my co-host, Lee. We talk about all kinds of pop culture, like film and music and current events and politics. We also talk about our personal lives, our histories, our childhood memories, and uh, a lot of other unnecessary things. We had a little audio difficulty starting up the podcast, so we're going we're gonna to cut right in. To, uh, to talking about Lee and uh, his Threestable Music Festival that he runs. So let's get right to it. We got Willie Nelson on the road again to open us up. So we'll take it away. Thanks again for listening. He's a musician. He's in a band. He's also a concert promoter and festival organizer. And I do nothing. That's why I do this. But uh, anyway... <laughs> So Lee, you had you recently had the Threestival, your music festival, right? Yeah, it was uh, about two weeks ago now, I believe. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago, mid May. Uh, yeah, mid May. Uh, had it in a farm in central Pennsylvania, big sixty-five acre farm, and it uh, went really well. We had uh, over six hundred people come out. I think it was around like six six forty or something like that. Uh, so that was more than we expected, and. Uh, we didn't really have any major problems uh, that anybody really needs to know about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Too few to mention. Too little yeah. to mention. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. My, I always think about what kind of food was there. What was the food truck situation? Uh, we had a little bit of everything. We had this place called the Groovelink Cafe. And they do a lot of festivals and outdoor uh, events like that. And they have a variety of stuff, breakfast food, sandwiches i think i didn't really see them too much uh i was mostly at the gate so i missed that i missed a lot of like what was going on down in the in the heartland but yeah. uh we had, <laughs> we had a place called uh bop and beans and they did coffee uh C, they had cbd coffee oh uh, so that was a big hit there i bet um trying to think what it, we had a couple different barbecue places we had a caribbean barbecue place that does like jerk chicken that kind of stuff and we had a regular american barbecue um Groovelink Cafe also did vegan stuff. I know that and vegetarian options. Uh we had a, a water ice guy. And I think nice. there might have been a, one or two more, but it was a pretty good lineup. Beautiful. And what kind yeah. of music was being played at this uh, and it's one one stage? Yeah, one big stage uh off the back of the house that was in the middle of the land. So it's literally on the just 20 foot by 40 foot back patio and we just rented a giant 20 by 40 foot uh canopy and had some guys install it over there and that was our stage uh but uh we had a, a lot of different we try to get like the best the most talented musicians in the area um so from like the tri-state area like new jersey pa maryland mm-hmm. we had a band uh from massachusetts called bella's bartok they're kind of like crazy uh 1800s circus folk <laughs> rock right, right. Uh, like Mumford and Sons on acid mm-hmm. and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But uh, we, we had a really cool band called Out of the Beard Space, and they run a festival called Beard Fest that we've talked about uh, right. in New Jersey in, in, uh, in mid-June. Uh, and they're like a 10-piece band. They have two drum sets. Um, and they're some of the craziest 
some of the craziest instrumentalists that you could really ever ask for. Like Umfreeze and then expanded and add like five extra people. Uh, so that was pretty cool. They also have an offshoot called Narbot that is all <laughs> instrumental, just crazy, uh, super technical ripping and uh, awesome riff-based melodies, things like that, stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, like music for musicians, that kind of stuff. Has your uh, taste? Yeah, has your taste changed over time? Like what you like to listen to or what you like to play? Yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't listen to that much music anymore. Uh, just because I feel like I can only listen to stuff so many times, except for Tool. Uh, that that I listen to on the regular. Mm-hmm. But that's that's pretty much it. Like Dave, Dave Matthews, like used to listen to you know went on like a eight year Dave binge, and just all I did was listen to Dave. Um, Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about Dave Matthews band today. I, I used to be their biggest fan in middle school and high school and now I'm, I'm not, <laughs> but um, you knew yeah. me in college. I was, I was very not a fan of theirs, but um, they have, there's like a sound, there's a Dave Matthews sound. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, it, like it or hate it. There is like a unique, I think very specific Dave sound, even though his songs were complex, they, there was a sound, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I still love Dave. I just don't actively listen to him. But his music shaped the music that I make, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's just a master. He's one of the greatest acoustic songwriters ever just because his riffs are so complex. Uh, and just his his timing is... He just created his own genre, really. Yeah, I mean, well, I think a subgenre because I feel like college rock, he was like a... In, in hindsight, I can look back at that time because at the time he was just like one of the biggest acts ever in terms of touring money. You know, he would just sell out obviously stadiums across the country. But in retrospect, I feel like he was, well, I guess at the time, my, my friend, my best friend, Mike Kelly, who's in the band Savoy, his dad would say that Dave Matthews band is a college band, just like Little Feet, who we used to listen to. Um, so it was because it was born in UVA, but it had that vibe and that audience um i don't know if there's like college rock bands that get big anymore after like dispatch and oar yeah it was just a different time it's all edm now yeah or like for us it was wiz khalifa <laughs> that was our that was our college rock band <laughs> it was doing blunts with the whiz yeah we were we were in deep with that because will was right next to us yeah, so I texted Will because Wiz was touring um, Wiz Khalifa. Uh, I texted Will, who's our fraternity brother from college, and Wiz Khalifa's manager, um, who has been since they were in high school. But yeah, they were touring in Denver, but unfortunately I was out of town. So I'm going to catch up with them one day. Put one up. Yep. Yes, sir. Um, well, any other three civil notes? Oh, we got the next one coming up in like six and a half weeks or something like that. Uh, July 11th to 14th. Yeah, cool. it's Sunday, right? Yeah, something like that. Wow. Uh, Damn, it's like right when you're done with one, you got to plan the next one. And it's the same location for now? No, it's actually at a different spot. It's where we had the fall one last year. Okay. Um, it's, much, it's much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, the capacity is probably about 300 people, uh, which is about less than half of what we had uh this past time Mm -hmm. um so we have to do things a little bit differently uh but we're going back to the same spot that we had this past one uh for the fall threestival which is september uh second week in september 
whatever the dates of that are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, they're all like two months apart. So it's just a crazy blur of planning and executing and then recovering and planning and doing it all again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Um, well, good luck to you, sir. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we look all that. It. So, uh, I was recently out of the country, which was oh, yeah. delightful. Um, and then also I was visiting my dad in, uh, in Florida. I was, I was, uh, taking care of him, getting him back to health. He was in the hospital for a little bit, but he's fine now. But anyway, was, had, had numerous plane journeys, and I'll, I'll tell you about the vacation if you, if you care to learn, but, um, the airline flights, I feel like there's always something interesting. Um, the, I took this one flight a couple of years ago, or maybe I, it was last year at some point. And this woman sitting next to me, um, seemed like pretty friendly. Um, and she fucking stank. She had the worst BO and, I think she was on like a, the connecting flight from an international journey. I could, I could sense these people. They stink because <laughs> I usually stink after an international journey. But this woman was wearing like a, a sleeveless dress. And um, like at one point during the flight, she's sitting next to me and she puts her arm, her I'm in the middle seat. She's in the window and she puts her right arm up, um, which is right next to my face. Like to like, put it behind her head and so her armpit is like right fucking next to my goddamn nose and it is like whoa like the sh- going into the shimmer in annihilation or whatever whatever <laughs> thinking about um it was it was bad news bears and then at the end of this flight this woman um oh oh and on the other side of me <laughs> this guy this like giant person he's probably like 60 years old or older and he was like six foot three maybe and like maybe 300 pounds like he was just a giant man and honestly like when you're that age and you're that tall like i don't blame you for just being a giant person (laughs) um it's hard to maintain um and so he's in the aisle seat and he's like falling asleep next to me and as he's falling asleep his giant tall fat person thighs are like settling and relaxing and like pushing their way into my my space my air zone and um and at first i'm like this giant leg is pushing into my space i am not going to give up an inch sir this is trench warfare you know this is like frontier airlines some gross airline like that that i take because i'm cheap and and so this is trench warfare and i'm not get budging and he's just going more and more into sleep. And now essentially I'm like his bed. He's like leaning his leg against me as he's drifting off into dreamland. And so now I'm thinking like, I'm going to pull the rug out from this guy. I'm going to do like the a post post up defense where I, I just let go. I, I release my, my pressure. And so I do that and his leg goes flying into my space and he like wakes up. Oh, the, the movement wakes him up. And he immediately like like <laughs> back to appropriate position. And I've been there. I've been in the situation where I fall asleep and the leg relaxes, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. This stupid game I'm playing with this giant old fat person and the stinky fucking lady next to me. Um, and then we get the flights over and you know, when the flight lands and as soon as it lands and the plane stops, everybody gets out of their seat, unbuckles and like tries to get out. So everyone, 
half the plane is like crouched in this awkward half standing position where their back hurts for 20 you minutes. Leave. Yeah. Cause everyone's so impatient. Um, so I'm, I'm sit, I'm, I'm in the middle seat. Everyone else is doing the crouch stand thing. I'm just going to stay seated cause I'm not an idiot. There's another 20 minutes to go before my 25th row seat exits. Um, but the lady next, the stinky fucking international lady next to me starts like poking me. Like I feel somebody like, like nudging me and I turn around and she gives me this look like, come on, go on, get, get, come on, let's go. And I'm like, there's nowhere to fucking go lady. So I give her this, this look like I'm, I'm furrowing my brow at her. Like what, what is, what are you talking about lady? Like what, what reality are you living in where I can move? So, yay, airplanes. I can't remember the last time I flew, actually. Yeah, you got to get anywhere. out, sir. You got to get out of the, the, the Pocono Valley or whatever you call that area. <laughs> you ever worry about flying on those cheap planes? No, uh, no, they're all Airbus 330s, um, not even the, the new Boeings that, that were crashing all over the place. Yeah, that's no. fucking crazy. Yeah, it was no, a software I, glitch that was causing him to nosedive. I know. Oh, I read the shit out of it, dude. It's insane. They I didn't know. even tell the, the, the pilots that they were updating it. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, this Boeing just rushing to market. It's a good example of why we why regulations are good. You know, government inspecting planes or having rules in place. So Boeing's not just out to make a profit where a bunch of people die. That's not good. Um, yeah, they were rushing the new planes to market because the A330s, the Airbus, their competitor, had this new plane with like a better engine. And they were like, well, we need to put this better engine in too, but their wings were designed differently, so it couldn't handle the engine. So it led to the software change, which led to the nose going down and people dying. Fucking crazy. Crazy. Yeah, so wh yeah, why don't you get on a plane and go some go somewhere? Do something. Yeah, it takes money, you know. You can scrap a little, scrap a little cash together, no? A little scratch. You would think so, but <laughs> festival business is full time, bud. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, yeah. if you never need a strategy, my mom was having trouble. She's like, I'm never going to be able to go to Italy, and I'm like, she's like, I need two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars. I'm like, no, you don't. What you do is you book the flight, you, you find take the, a the DMT, and you're uh, you're on your way. Exactly, it's a trip right there, sir. Now you find the find the cheapest flight to Europe. Uh, I found round trip for three thirty from Denver, and uh, scrape together that, good sir, and then just spend it. And then in the in the subsequent months, you scrape together a little bit more cash, and you get an Airbnb. You live in somebody's condo, which is cool, and. Uh, you do it like that piecemeal, you know what I mean? Yeah, I did the Airbnb in Boston. Uh, right. We drove up there back in October, and that was uh, that was pretty cool. Just like living in somebody's, living in our own little uh, half double there. Yeah, you were telling me. Yeah, it's nice. It's fun. When it's everything's nice. when everything works, it's when the shower is nice and it's clean. Yeah, it's good. Uh, in yeah, Europe, they got this, uh, little cherry coffee pods and some chocolates. Oh, yeah. Nice hospitable. Yes. Yes. Well, you can get on a, a cheap flight to Colorado, sir. I'm looking forward to a fun summer here. Next summer you should come out. Come on. 
come on yeah it just, just decriminalized magic mushrooms right by you i believe oh they we certainly did sir we all yep. voted on that that was a resolution that we the people voted on yep and my friends are excited to start growing that i think that's funny I'm gonna be sending some energy beams pretty high up in this jazz beer over there bro <laughs> sure <laughs> Well, yeah, you should uh, you should come out next summer. Uh, this Sunday, I'm going camping for three nights, uh, maybe four nights, and I'm gonna go whitewater rafting. Nice. Um, the way I do, I work remotely, so I'm I'm I just drive down to like the local library in the little mountain town, which is usually like half an hour from where I can. Remote controls in your pocket. No, I don't have remote controls in my pocket. <laughs> I work remotely, but I am happy to see you. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> so very excited for the, uh, the camping. So yeah, come out next year. It's a done deal. This is a verbal agreement. You being on the podcast. <laughs> I went, I, I traveled to Europe with, uh, obviously Eva, which was lovely. Um, but not without its challenges traveling with somebody else. Um, it's, it's, it pays off. You have to clothe them. Well, you got to fucking do what, not exactly what you want to do all the time. <laughs> so true. Like, I don't even, I don't have the same exact interests. We don't have the same energy levels. We're not the same circadian rhythms. Like there's like a whole host of differences we have. So there's compromises that she has to make and that I have to make. So like, it can be tough to be honest. Um, Cause we go to like Morocco or Amsterdam or wherever. And uh, I feel like the stakes are high because we have a limited amount of time in that place. And we have like a lot to do. And there's a FOMO aspect. Um, I'll be like, man, I, I, if I, if fear I, of monsters. Yeah, I get fear that too. Monster. I have tons of fear of monsters overseas. <laughs> you never know. They could be around any corner. No fear, fear of Maurice O'Sullivan. It's just some random dude that I'm really <laughs> oh, afraid of. Um, who's Maurice Sullivan? I don't know, but I'm I don't know. I'm just afraid that somebody named that will attack its FOMO. Uh, fear of Maurice Sullivan. Okay, anyway. Um, but then Friends also, of my orthopedic surgeon. You have an orthopedic surgeon. I if I need one. I don't understand. <laughs> um, so not only did I travel with Eva, but also we met up with um, our fraternity brother, Kyle, and his wife, also Ooh. named Eva, which was easy. So yeah, we met, up, we met up with uh, friends like halfway around the world, which was lots of fun. The, you met up with them in what country? Um, Eva and I started in the Netherlands in Amsterdam and then we went down to Belgium and we met Kyle and Eva in Belgium. So we were in Belgium for like four days. What's that? Did you drink a beer? I did actually. Um, I've discovered that I can, I'm not gluten intolerant. I can have the, the wheat and barley um, that's grown in Europe because they don't, products they don't sell american grown or canadian grown wheat and barley in europe and it's just different we talked about this i think but i can need it there yeah so i had a, a couple beers which was lovely and uh, kyle and i went to a brewery while the two evas went to uh the victor horta museum which is art nouveau 
You familiar with Art Nouveau, sir? Um, familiar, but not wildly familiar. So Art Nouveau um, was, I believe, from the late 1800s to the very early 1900s. And Art Nouveau was a reaction to mass-produced industrial-era um, made goods. Um, yeah, but most popular between 1890 and 1910, a reaction to the academic art of the 19th century, but it was inspired by natural forms and structures. And it's um, like, there's a, like these like old French champagne posters or old French cafe posters uh, are stylized in a very particular way that's like really popular these days. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I, believe, I think so. Or like a Martini and Rossi, like they have these old posters that are like, ooh, look at how fancy this is. And it's kind of like, there's like like floral kind of scripty writing and and anyway, it's a really interesting. Yeah, I think of, I have some of those kind of posters in my music house. Cool. So that's that. Yeah. So those are prob. Those are either Alphonse Mucha or Alphonse Mucha inspired, who's like a big Art Nouveau guy. But Art Nouveau spans everything from like furniture and jewelry to um, posters like we were talking about um, to clothing and fabric and all architecture and design. So it's like this art form that pervades everything. It's inspired by like the natural world. They'll take curves. Um, they'll, they'll be inspired by like nature. So like they'll, they'll use water lilies or frogs or dragonflies or butterflies. They'll use all these like animal and plant motifs in their designs, which is like so fucking cool. Um, Oh, Eva really turned me on to this stuff and it's it's a really just pure form of like beautiful high art, which is cool. So anywho. That's cool. So somebody had to be the first person to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, they say that Gustav Klimt is a part of it, which I don't Gustav Klimt. He had a different style, but I don't know why he's listed with Art Nouveau, but maybe he had some stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know who like the first one was, but it's it's really interesting. So, but Brussels is chock full of Art Nouveau stuff. Um, so Eva did that while we went to breweries, and um, it was fun. Also, Eva and Kyle, um, the the Indian Eva, not not my Eva, um, Kyle's Eva. There's two Evas in this equation. Um, Kyle and Eva are vegetarian. So we were, I like researched and looked up specific like vegetarian or vegetarian friendly places. And that was a fun element for a vacation because we went to places we wouldn't normally go to and they were so good. And I eat 90% vegetarian. Like I eat meat like once every three or four days now. So I'm like mostly vegetarian. So I, I liked it. Um, it was fun. How often do you eat meat, sir? Random question. Um, I don't eat a crazy amount of meat. I do uh, have whey protein uh, mm -hmm. when I make protein shakes. Um, so I guess that kind of would be considered eating meat because the whey comes from meat. No, it doesn't uh, come from it comes from dairy, right? Um, no, that's casein protein. Uh, whey is from uh, grass-fed beef. Or at least the the way that I get is from grass fed beef. Way, way, way. No, dude, it's from grass fed beef. <laughs> it's from grass fed beef that from and cows that have been milked. Do you know what I mean? 
Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Look, milk is made of two proteins, casein and whey. Whey, team, whey protein can be separated from the casein in milk or formed as a byproduct of cheese making. Whey protein is considered a complete protein as it contains nine essentially amino acids and it's low in lactose. So it's from, it's from uh, cow's milk, sir. Yeah. So that, you know, like eating her curds and whey from, yeah. Anyway. Long oh, any anyway. <laughs> um so you don't that's not meat, so I would not so how often with that in mind, how often do you eat meat, sir? Mm, red meat, very rarely. Um uh, maybe once every like couple months, a few months. Uh chicken, uh I've cut back on a lot. That I eat maybe once every I don't even really know, like once every few weeks, maybe once a month. Mm. Um, I eat tuna more regularly than, than chicken or red meat. Um, mm, I ate a lot of peanut butter. I ate a lot of like nuts. <laughs> peanut butter is not meat. Once yeah, again, yeah, I'm just trying you to think. Realize like, how I spit out like once every four days. Just, yeah. well, when's the last time you ate meat? When was like the last meal you had meat? And this, there's a point. Red meat. No, red meat. Any, no, any kind of meat. It doesn't. <laughs> not, not asking you. Not peanut butter. Not red meat. <laughs> When's the last time you had any kind of meat? I'm too hot for all these questions, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm trying to. Remember, I'm trying to remember. Well, that's actually good. I mean, that's a good sign. That means you're not eating it as often as a lot of people. The point I'm yeah, no, I, I I don't eat meat very often. Probably tuna, tuna and fish. I probably eat more often than actual like land meat. <laughs> do, you, do, do you eat a lot of the air meats, sir? <laughs> yes. Uh, the the land. What about the ground meats? Those are like your worms, your moles. Anyway. <laughs> well, funny. I'll eat. I'm not big on insects, but I know some people are. <laughs> Oh, well, that's, that, this goes to my point. Um, have we talked about the sustainability of meat on this pod? Um, I'm sure we have at some point in the past. Hmm. I mean, are you familiar with it? Do you think about it? Uh, I just try to eat. I figure it all comes down to the individual, so I just try to eat the least amount of meat that I can, honestly. Yeah, it's a really good call. Um, I just never realized how how damaging it is to the planet. Um, the way like, that we do it anyway. There's so many factors like from deforestation to like the methane release to like the processing. Um, but yeah, just like the deforestation, like if you buy any beef where you don't know where it's coming from, it might be coming from Brazil, like where they're cutting down the rainforest. It's like, man, that's super shitty. Um, and uh I, I, I think that I don't think that a lot of people think about ethical purchasing. Um, I think in our society, people uh, assume things are taken care of for us. I was talking to Eva about this the other day, like growing up um, with infrastructure all around us, like highways and, and sewers. Like I grew up with these things as a given. And I feel like our, our children's generation and the children's children's they're going to grow up in like a crumbling infrastructure society because we no longer have the taxes and the politicians and, and 
the strength of the people to like pay for it anymore. Unfortunately, the 20th century might, might've been a blip on the success radar for America, but I grew up like taking that stuff for granted. And I feel like purchasing overall with people in our culture, like we take for granted that things are ethical or that like regulations are in place for the things that we buy. Like we don't think much about things that we buy. We're like, well, if it's available on Amazon, like, we assume that a, it's not going to kill us or our kids or our family. Like B it's like, it's not poison. Um, we just, and, and like, see, like, it's not, it's not um, produced with slave labor. Like I think so many people just assume that. Um, so anyway, I don't think people, people want things to be taken care of for them, but I think that's a socialist ideal, like having things being taken care of by taxes and regulations so that you don't have to think about your purchases it would force you into certain purchasing decisions. I think that's very socialist. Um, I think a capitalist should be ethically purchasing. They should, they, a capitalist should be the ones who like, it's up to the individual because capitalists believe in like donating their money to charity instead of taxes. They believe in making your own decision versus the government. Anyway, rant over, but good on you for not eating too much meat. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I try to think about like the dispersion of responsibility and how so many of us are represented by just like a few people. Um, but what if, what if everything was a little bit more concentrated and every street had to like agree on stuff and then they submitted that to the township and then the township submitted that to the County and then all it went all the way back up instead of it just being a big pool of people. Right. Yeah. A really nice ground up approach, like where people feel, like where participation is a maximum and, and yeah, political participation. Yeah. is just maximized. I think that would, that there is like an ideal there, like where you have regulations, like universal regulations, but, but hyper local participation and activation is, is kind of like the sweet spot where you have like everybody playing by the same rules but you have so much participation and accountability down to the local level that corruption is decentralized to a point where it's like not, not as effective. Does that make sense? Yeah. And voting has to be online. We have to mm-hmm. be done with physical voting places. Dude, we've talked about this. Such a good point. Like if, if yeah. voting was as easy as everything fucking else in life, like it should be, you know, there's no reason we have Amazon prime, but not voting on your computer <laughs> voting prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a, it's a damn shame. Lee. Yeah. It's just harder to verify and easier to hack. And I get that, but mm-hmm. yeah, well, I, I, mean, I guess so, but come on, Zuckerberg, make up for your shit. <laughs> it's just, if he was like, listen, I know we, uh, we fucked up that last one. <laughs> 2016, it's on us, okay? And by the way, I have ants who are still still spreading fake news on Facebook. Um, things that are just like completely fake that have been like debunked. Um, so Facebook still still letting the shit come through. But anyway, what if Zuckerberg... Obama is from Africa. Yeah, exactly. Um, my, my aunt had something like... I don't care what Muslims say. I'm wearing my poppies on Poppy Day. I'm like, I first of all, I have no fucking idea what Poppy Day is. So I had to look it up. <laughs> and Poppy Day is in remembrance of World War I soldiers. And that you wear poppies, the flower on your shirt, in honor of 
fallen soldiers in World War One. And I'm like, uh, first of all, never heard of this. Second of all, how, what on earth does this have to do with fucking Muslims? And then I tried to look it up and they were like, this has nothing to do with Muslims. Like there were Muslim people that fought on both sides of the war. I think because the Ottoman Empire like the end of the war led to the creation of Turkey, which was secular and like the end of the Ottoman empire. Um, maybe that's why they thought like, but they made it up to, to they, they pretended like Muslim people were pissed at this and no one's pissed. It's never been an issue. And my aunt like reposted like, I don't fuck these Muslim. Like it literally said, fuck, fuck what people think or something like that. And I'm like, this is just like fake news. Like you're just a part of the problem now. Like this is bad. Fuck all one billion of you. Every one of you. Ay, ay, ay. I tell you, sir. Yeah. Um, Lee, do you have a spirit animal? Have we talked about spirit animals? Uh, I mean, it would probably be some kind of cat. Oh, because you love house cats. But Yeah, I love all cats. Um, I'm non-discriminate. I mean, if you've always, like, growing up, did you have just affinities, an affinity to, like, wild cats, or was it always just domestic cats? No, I was big into dinosaurs when I was a kid. Like, I had all, like, the computer video games for, like, dinosaur knowledge, and we just play them all the time. Um, So, I I guess dinosaurs could be spirit animals. They existed at one point. They actually, they, for these purposes, I don't, I don't think they can. But, but dinosaurs were so dope, and I love how universal it is that kids mostly boys i don't know how much of that is a social construct but it seems universal that dinosaurs are fascinating because there were literally giant, giant monsters, monsters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah giant dragon monsters. yeah that like lived where we live now and allegedly right well also hashtag dinosaurs are fake.com right well i also think part of the the fun of dinosaurs is like as a kid, you don't think about timelines really that long at all. Like as a kid, you know, you go back to school in September and uh, the Christmas break seems like 30 years away. Yep. So as a kid, your timeline's all messed up. So to think of like, not only were there giant monsters that lived here, it was like 70 million years ago. And it's like, what? That's even like a year that's possible, you know? I think that's a factor. Yeah, crazy, seemingly infinite timelines, mm-hmm. definitely. So I'm not, I'm not sure about the dino, dinosaur. Um, so I, I'm obsessed with spirit animals, I guess, in a way. Um, in college, somebody introduced me to this book, Animal Speak, which is this really cool book, and and it's, it's, it's a cool guide. Like you can use it if you come across an animal. You, in in one regard, you can look up the animal and. Um, a lot of like spiritual, like religious traditions would tell you that like the animal is trying to send you a message. And so this book has this cross-cultural analysis of, of all these major animals that you'd come across. So it'll tell you what the Vikings thought about the hawk and it'll tell you about the ancient Romans. And then it'll tell you about like the Hopi Indians and the Ute Indians. And you get this cool, like you see the similarities across all the cultures talking about this one animal. And, and so if you, if you, if you believe that the animal is trying to talk to you, you believe that this is like the message it's trying to give you. But if you don't believe that you can read this and look at it as seeing that all cultures have assigned similar um, 
attributes to these animals and these animals like do um, exhibit, you know, they personify human traits and we can like um, anthropomorphize them, I think is the word and use like their traits to relate to us and tell stories and um, use symbolism. I just think it's like a cool, fun exercise, no matter how you like look at it. So anywho, that's, um, that's my shtick on sh spirit animals, but my, I have a couple spirit animals, but my, my main one is a frog. Okay. So I want to, I want to figure out your spirit animal. Maybe not today, but I want to tell you about mine. Maybe it'll get your juices flowing because to me, your spirit animal could be an animal that you really love and one that you've always had an affinity for, but it could also be one that shares physical characteristics like you. Like if you're a runner, um, maybe you're an animal that runs a lot. Um, or it can be like symbolic characteristics, um, which I'll get into. So a frog, <laughs> the reason I'm a frog for many reasons. Um, when you first look at a frog, they look disgusting. and, and Or if you think about a frog and describe a frog, it's like disgusting and gross. They're slippery and slimy, but also bumpy. And their legs are a weird shape. And um, they kind of like you need to work on yourself in the chair. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about frogs. When you describe it, it sounds disgusting, but for some reason, everybody loves frogs. Everybody thinks frogs are cute. They're pretty much universally liked. And uh, that's just like me, Lee. You, you, it seems disgusting, but for some reason, people like me. That makes sense? I actually fucking hate frogs. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we found one. We found one. We found one. Why do you hate frogs? No, I'm just kidding. I have no problem with frogs. Exactly. I don't like them. I don't hate them. I'm neutral. I am neutral to amphibians in general. Well, there we go, sir. So I think most people are like that. They're like neutral on frogs or they like them. They think they're cute. Um, even though they're like disgusting, I think. So that's reason number one. I'm like a frog. Reason number two, when you look at a fr um, amphibians or frogs, you would say like, oh, they're, 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 they live in various environments um, from tadpole to frog, from the water to the ground. And you would think that a person who's a frog would be like very flexible and like, oh, this frog is so adaptable. And this person who's a frog-like person is very adaptable um, in that sense. But that's actually wrong, Lee. Um, they're not, frogs are not adaptable. Frogs are comfortable in very specific environments and very specific times of their life. And when they go into a different cycle of their life, they're, diff they're comfortable in different areas, different times of the day. They're, they, they, they go between many different spaces and environments, but it's not like whenever, wherever, you know, it's on their terms. It's pretty specific. Um, so that's like me. You may think I'm easygoing. Do you know about the frog that can, that can go into a deep freeze over the winter and it stops its heart and then it comes back to life when it thaws out in the spring? No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I think I'm that's a good sure. example. I think that's a good example. Like in the winter, I could stop my heart no problem. But in the summer, if you ask that frog <laughs> to stop, he's like, no, that's not what I do right now, dummy. Like, you know, so like you see them and you're like, wow, extreme conditions, so adaptable. And it's like, it's really like they're fine tuned for their environment at that time, if you will. And so like, you think they're easygoing, but they're not, just like me. Um, 
Reason the third. I'm like, Maybe my spirit animal yeah. is, is the giant rock creature from the never-ending story. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I am. I know what you're talking about, but I, I will have to respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but continue. Eh, I mean, whatever. Um, there are different... So, like, sometimes I'm like a bullfrog. Like, I'm, I'm a big fatso, and I make a lot of noise. They're super loud. You know, super fucking loud. Yeah. Um, but also, but sometimes I'm like a poison dart frog. Like I can be super poisonous. Um, but also I love bright colors like a poison dart frog. I love wearing different colors. Um, I have a quick tongue. So, so, you're, so when you say spirit animal, when you say spirit animal, you're talking about the whole species. Like I, I can, I think the, the main animal, but I can speciate out and use all the different ones. Um, I think I'm probably a bullfrog. Like if I'm going to narrow it down, I think I'm a bullfrog overall. Um, okay. based on like what I've read about them. Also like they live in the mountains like I do right now. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure, but, um, it's really, that's the thing. Like it's what you want. And because also when you study your spirit animal, you're supposed to study what that animal eats because, or, or what eats that animal whether it's prey or predator. So like you learn like the relationship between other things in life. Um, and there's all sorts of stories intertwined with that. Um, also, if, if an animal has ever attacked you, that's like a super strong sign that it might be either your spirit animal or it's like a totem for you like right now in life. Um, and so I had Lyme disease. So I was, I was attacked by a tick. That's like the most serious animal attack I've ever had. And I read about this tick as a spirit animal and like, it is so uncannily like me. I was really, really surprised. And so you have to almost like respect your spirit animal because sometimes it will attack you. Um, so with that in mind, what do you think? Come on, what do you got? Well, I really like bananas. Uh, <laughs> so it could be some kind of ape creature, some kind of ape-like creature. Uh, I eat a lot of peanut butter. Uh, a lot of peanut butters use palm oil. Mine doesn't, but palm oil destroys the habitat of an orangutan, so there could be an orangutan. <laughs> uh, so some kind of weird little monkey things. <laughs> uh, I just remember this one time I went to the zoo, uh, the Philadelphia Zoo, maybe in like 2013, 20, 2014, uh, and they had this whole row well, I don't agree with zoos. Uh, they had this whole row of maybe 10 to 15 different kinds of little monkey creatures that they were all different. They had all like different appendages hanging off their heads and different colors and different facial shapes. And they were just these weird monkey creatures that I had just never <laughs> seen before, never knew existed. And it totally blew my mind. It just made me realize how many different kinds of animals there are on this planet and just the absurd variety. Uh, it just blows my mind. Yeah, that's awesome. So maybe you're maybe like a bonobo. <laughs> maybe your spirit animal is a bonobo. Um, Could be. I do respond sim well to simple instructions, and I like to uh, eat bananas. So, well, like because bonobos are like, do you know about them? You know about yeah. these cats? They're like, yeah. they're like super friendly and social, and they're non-confrontational and. Um, well, all about the fun. I'm trying to find 
the uh, uh, reconnect with the sacred feminine. No, I'm trying to find. See, they're combining chimpanzees and bonobos. I guess that's okay for animals, but I feel like chimps are more aggressive. But let's see if we can find out. Yeah, I chimps honestly, are vicious. I don't remember they're, in they're the really in the beginning of the um the animal speak book that I have that I told you about. They tell you like guy like guidelines for like picking your spirit animal. They say like don't like you can't pick a domestic dog or a domestic cat because like they're essentially human at this point. Um, they don't really have, yeah. those, they're not like connected to the natural world, like other animals. They're, they're like humans. So um, I think they also say like, no, no, like extinct animals like dinosaurs. But um, I don't know if they say like your spirit animal, it'd, it'd be hard for it to be a primate because they're so much like us, but maybe not. I'm trying to read about this, but yeah, that would be an interesting one. What about an animal that went extinct in my life? Yeah, that's definitely happened. Global global verming. And what do you got? You got one? What what about an animal that went extinct within my lifetime? Does that right. count? Yeah, no, I mean, do you have one in mind? <laughs> oh, 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 um maybe the uh the African black rhino, is that the one that went extinct like last year? The last oh. male just died? I don't know. I do not know, sir. But uh I guess it could. Yeah, that's there's no rule. Rule it, judges ruling. I don't know. Oh, all right. Awesome. Yeah. Tasmanian tiger went extinct in 1918 or something like that. Tasmanian. All right. Well, what about oh, what about? I really just like the cold. I really just like the cold. So it's okay. got to be somewhere somewhere warm. Uh, not too much rain. I'm more of an indoor boy, so I'll you know. Some kind of rooftop shelter, cave, mm, treetop. Okay. okay. Hmm. Well, what what makes music? I mean, birds make music. Like, think about like that's your whole life. So, I feel like music, songs. Um, I feel like that would be a big part of like whatever animal. You know. Yeah. I also um internally produce rope that I pull out of my ass. So maybe like. <laughs> oh! Oh! Uh, like kind of spider. Five things that do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Do you have any? Do you have any freakish animal-like uh, fluids coming in here? Do you have a thorax? Is there a thorax? Maybe a, a kangaroo. I like to hop and kick things. I'm gonna. I'm... <laughs> well, so check that off the list then. <laughs> now let's see. Eight <laughs> animals that sing. Let's see about this. Let's see about these eight animals. I don't know. I don't have a very good memory, so probably not an elephant. The, uh, to- the toadfish. <laughs> um, oh, this is one of those dumb websites where they make you click into every page for every item you want to see to like get their clicks. Oh, I hate that. That's universally fuck hated. You. Get your click. <laughs> it is universally hated. Fuck your ad revenue. Uh, fuck you and your ad. Yeah, I don't need your click. Like, I'll click eight times, but it's just so slow because they cram them with ads in the page too. Um, yeah, we're definitely still in the transition of technology, non-technology into technology. <laughs> uh, mice. Do you like my- mice? Do you have a lot of mice in your life? Um, yeah, actually, I have a tr- uh, catch and release trap that I keep underneath my oven, and I catch like two a week in there. And I drive them down the street to the lake and let them go. Dude, mice, mice sing. It says here, uh, mice are as smooth as Barry White. Male, male mice sing 
with ultrasonic love songs while flirting with female mice. So uh, there you go. How uh, do they not? How do they know they're not singing like very very rude songs to them? Like I wanna fuck you like a one of us. <laughs> Supersonically, hypersonically. Uh, bats? Do you, what about bats? <laughs> I got no problem with bats. Bats are pretty cool. Um, antelope squirrels. Oh, how cute are these in the Southwest U.S.? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, they got little tails. Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right, killer whales sing for their peers. Or you could be a killer whale, sir. Okay. Pacific chorus frogs, all right. Um, beluga oh. whales. Beluga. I think like solitary dives to the deep ocean. I don't think you're a beluga whale. <laughs> anyway, that's I been animal animal corner. I do enjoy diving to depths of over three hundred meters on one breath alone. <laughs> yeah, information like that would have been helpful, Lee. <laughs> Like well, I'm br- I have brown hair. I'm five eleven. I have I have <laughs> rope. Depths of about three hundred meters. On uh, my my uh, my spouse eats me after we copulate. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you're a spider. All right. Well, so can I tell you about these uh, these cannabis pens? Tell me. So I've switched. I've switched back from the pen to the old reliable old. Glassy old, reliable old, glassy bowl. The old green stuff. Yep, I switched back. I realized after about three months of only using the pen that there was a ceiling that I was hitting of mental uh, connectedness that I was not achieving from the pen alone, no matter how, no no matter what cart I used or anything like that. Uh, and as soon as I got my first, uh, buddy, bud, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and went back to that. I, I realized that I had just been missing this entire other level. Like I was living in a, a two story house and I discovered a, a third, fourth, fifth, sixth and fifth <laughs> story that I was just missing out on. I just wasn't getting there. So you I weren't even getting back. to the third floor. Yeah. You fuck. Um, so I, I have officially switched back. And I do not regret it. And so you're saying you you're getting higher, essentially, if you in layman's terms. Um, I'm saying that it's almost a different drug to me, anyway. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, okay. And yeah, what do you attribute just, that to, sir? I think that when you're you're blazing the natural buds, you're just there's just a whole lot more stuff in there you know what i'm <laughs> saying brother uh there's just yeah there's just there's just more things that <laughs> you're right there is a whole lot more stuff in there brother. a lot more stuff in there <laughs> you brother. gotta say it like that a whole lot more stuff in there um you gotta channel your inner sam elliott get a little molasses um, some that <laughs> some of that good sarsaparilla <laughs> uh, now that is a, a point um a point for the home team. I think uh, I I really I don't like the 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 
the weed nerds at the the dispensary stores here in Colorado. They're like, well, if this is like a little bit of a Kush, a Hindu Kush, so it's like forty percent sativa. So it's it's like you're gonna get up in your head, but not too much. You might want to clean the couch. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Clean the fucking couch. But this one's indica. Yeah, you're gonna four hours indica. later, why am I cleaning this couch? And I'm like, what the fuck? And indica, you're in the couch. You're just in it. You know, the sativa, you in clean it. Indica, you're in it. And I'm like, I don't care. This is stupid. <laughs> Um, but they, they, they do, I've have heard them talk about like all the other compounds. Yeah. CBD we all hear about, but there's CBG and there's CBA and there's ABG and GBB or whatever. There's a lot of acronyms yeah. that are going on in there and they don't yeah. like it. The research is pretty new, so they don't really know what's going on with the brain chemistry and all the little stuff and the synergistic effects. So yeah, I pretty much load up on CBD. Um, in addition to my pen, and that's how I get around that problem. Yeah, as someone who uses it for creative purposes, um, there was definitely a, a huge dip in the amount of content that I produced within the period of my pen usage, my sole pen usage. Uh, and then as soon as I switched back, uh, that came back up to, to normal levels. Wow. wow. Isn't that yeah what a success story just like a yeah just a a, a testimonial yeah. yeah yeah you got a lot of balls that's a testesmonial testesmonial yes cool well congratulations on that <laughs> um i want to talk about gym corner we, we, do you have any gym stories? Because I got a gym story or two. Um, yeah, I work with this guy named Jim. Uh, he's a pretty yeah, good guy, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he always helps me out when I'm there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you fucking gym jokes. Get out of here with your <laughs> jokes. I fucking shit gym jokes for I, breakfast. I shit on them gyms. So, uh, GYM, any gym stories? Gymnasium? Um... I got one. If you need to ruminate, can you, oh, uh, you seem to have come prepared. So let's, uh, let's go with that. I got a couple. Well, there's always, you know, there's always characters at the gym. I go to a couple different gyms. Um, they're both ran by the city run by the city of Denver. I was confused run and ran like an idiot. Um, this is my other thing in big cities, uh, city councils and mayors should be like kicking out, like not allowing the develop the opening of new private gyms and they should be opening up their own public gyms with public money and essentially have a nonprofit gym, which is amazing because why can't a city run a gym? It's not hard to run a gymnasium. Yes. You, you put in equipment and treadmills and shit. Yeah. They even run classes. Uh, they have a pool, uh, multiple pools, gym, uh, uh, basketball courts. Like it's amazing. And, and they pay uh, them like a decent regular wage. And, um, it's it's awesome. We don't have to give our money to a private corporation. We can give it to our city. So anyway, I go to a few different ones. There's like 20 around town. One of them has a sauna, which I love. And so I go to that one four days a week maybe for the sauna as well as the gym. The sauna can I gets ask up- you one question? Yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you one question? So how come none of these gyms are hooking up their cardio machines to the power grid and running all their electricity for free by people pedaling and running and stuff. Because all these, because we're bougie, sir. It's not, oh. 
That would be really funny if like you just walked into the gym and it was like these, it was like a Nikola Tesla in the prestige esque setup. <laughs> like these Great giant movie. lightning bulbs going from like, <laughs> it's just open circuits. And uh, that would motivate me. <laughs> it's clankety clank. All the, the treadmills are made out of wood. Um, no, I, I think it's cause they have like fancy LCD screens and like for as much uh, power as the bikers generating, the plugged in machine is actually sucking out even more energy. So nah, I like that idea. Get some hamster wheels going, <laughs> some bikes that power mm. the city. But anyway, glad you, glad you brought that the up. Black mirror. Appreciate you brought that up. Yeah, yeah that would be a black mirror uh, or weird city. You should watch weird city on YouTube. It's pretty funny. Oh, I'm a, I'm a YouTube fan. I'm liking it. Yeah. Weird city is really funny. Jordan Peele produced it. Um, nice. Get out. Anyway, uh, so back to gym corner. So one gym I go to as the sauna. It's an old. It's an older gym. It's probably mid-century, and the, the uh, weight weight room and cardio room portion are, are pretty small. But no one's ever in there, so it's cool. Just me and like a bunch of old men. Um, they have a pool and uh, a basketball court. So like a number of people go there, and after the sauna, after it's 190 degrees in there for 20 minutes plus, um, I'm like dripping. And I would love to take a shower, but I go into the locker room and the shower setup in this particular locker room is, is all the shower heads. There's like six, there's like five shower heads and they're all coming from one central location. And they are, they're five shower heads pointed outwards radially and gentlemen strip down naked and stand in this, in this, what I call a dick carousel formation, where everybody's in a circle staring at each other, fucking bathing themselves, and it to me is just a step too far, sir. You know, I'm a decent. Yeah, when you get that many dicks out, you never know what's gonna happen. It's just a lot of sword crossing, and it's just like I don't need to. I didn't sign up to see four penises today, sir. You know, like it's a Tuesday. Exactly. It's a Tuesday. It's not a Sunday. Like I just got my workout in. I got my nice sauna session. I don't want to. And it's like gross old penises right in front of me. And um, I'm just not. It's just the worst fucking shower design. The dick carousel. I'd never seen it before. I've seen five (laughs) showers lined up next to each other where you got to get in, you know, like a locker room. But five shower heads coming out of a central location where you have to stare. And then, oh, by the way, it's like a little shower cubby in the corner, which is like walled in uh, in the locker room. So, like, if you're in the, the far corner of the shower, showering in the dick carousel, and there's four other dicks staring back at you, and you're done with your shower and you need to get out of there, you need to, like, shimmy. You need to, like, fucking shimmy your naked ass by four people. Like, it's not a... The design is just leaves a lot to be desired, sir. It's like a gravitron of dicks. <laughs> uh, I suppose, if you will. Ha, uh, you ever go on the gravitron at any of the, like the carnivals? Oh, now I know what you're. I had no idea what you meant. The gravitron to me sounds like a a, a ray gun in Star Trek, the TV series that would like. <laughs> 
it would like it would like force you to come it's like a tractor beam <laughs> i was thinking like a tractor beam i can't resist all the dicks <laughs> must suck dicks <laughs> that's, what I thought, that's what i thought a gravitron was just forcing like i can't resist now uh now i know what it, you mean the the giant um cylindrical force machine right like the ufo looks like a ufo yeah yeah the thing i'm like yeah yeah it can't be good for you they give you like there's like a sign outside (laughs) that nobody reads where it's like if you have a heart condition like don't come in i'm sure so many people have gone in there who shouldn't have like if you don't know if you have a heart condition you'll find out soon (laughs) isn't it weird how uh like carnival rides and uh, amusement park rides kind of hit you different when you're a kid versus when you're an adult like you mean they were awesome? No, just like I, I feel like the extreme conditions that you can put on yourself as a kid, you just you can't tolerate as much as an adult. Like oh. like the gravitron or like stuff like that. I feel like I would get, I would get dizzy. Yeah, no, there are some things that is that is a good point. It's like as a kid, like you couldn't I couldn't eat a hot pepper when I was eleven, but. I can go in one of those Gravitron things. You know, there's certain things I, I can like I can today I was doing uh, sets of leg press at like 450 pounds. Like I can do that all day long, but uh, I can't listen to loud music. <laughs> it's a weird dichotomy in some ways. I'm much stronger than I was in some ways. Yeah. I can't handle that. So I guess the Gravitron would probably be something I could not do. Yeah, I definitely bring my earplugs when I go to shows now. Oh yeah, 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 totally. Well, I got those nice musician earplugs. Well, especially if you want to be close, or if you're backstage or on the side of the stage, you want those those suckers when you're right near a, a speaker. Yeah, weirdly though, I can't use them when I play. If I'm I'm playing a show and I'm on stage, no matter how close I am to the drums, I just I can't use them, or the, uh-huh. the music just uh, it doesn't come as easily. Right, that's what she said. <laughs> but uh, if I'm in the, if I'm on the other side of the speaker, I'm for sure wearing them. Right. And then people are trying to talk to me, and I'm just like, "Uh huh." <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Four of them. Yeah, totally. Yep, yep. So this isn't really uh, gym corner related, but I just discovered this very expensive piece of equipment I might want to buy for myself. It's the the Theragun or something similar, the, the uh, deep tissue massagers they have now. It's like these percussive or percussion therapy. Um, it's like these handheld massagers that like NBA basketball players use and like Olympic athletes use. Um, and it's not like those dumb vibrational massagers that like, this isn't your grandmother's massagers, sir. It's not to massage any pussies. Literally. You don't put that thing anywhere near Uranus. No, seriously, this thing will pummel the shit out of you. Oh wait, that's that's <laughs> literal. Again, literally. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's quite a journey. It seems like using one of those things. They're fucking expensive. I might get a refurbished one, but I'm like, oh man, I am dying to have one of those. So that might be my next impulse purchase. Who knows? They're expensive though. Yeah, recovery is important. Well, also, I just, it just feels good. It's just pleasurable. I have these, 
not my traps, my shoulders are all knotted up and tight. And so it'll be good for circulation and, and longevity probably. Like it'll probably be good ultimately for my, my health, like you said, but I'm in it for the hedonism a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah. I was thinking the other day how the majority of our lives will be lived over the age of 30. I hope so. That's the plan, right? I can't believe yeah, you it's just realized that. But <laughs> You're like, I thought I'd what, be what dead is that? You're like, I thought I'd be dead yeah. by 35. <laughs> 30 years down, only twice that. Three times that to go. Three times that. That'd be nice. Oh, uh, sir. Yeah, that's uh, – I would like to live to 80. That'd be a nice goal. Yeah, well, I heard that with the technology accelerating at the rate it is, the first, like, 200-year-old person is alive, like, right now. I've heard that. Yes, I've heard else. But they're not factoring in. There's a lot of things that could go wrong between now. Like, oh, we didn't realize every plastic bottle gives you awful cancer. Yeah, <laughs> surprise. Surprise, everyone's turning into plastic. Or, like, like we also, like, oh, that person would have lived to 200, but they got chopped down in 60 by, at 60 by a, an antibiotic-resistant bacteria. You know, those things are, are making a big comeback. Yeah, I've actually been allergic to the last, like, three antibiotics that I've gotten, so it kind of makes me nervous. You're allergic to them? Yes. I'm allergic to penicillin. Uh, okay. And then they gave me this one called uh, Bactrim, uh, and I was very allergic to that. And there's only, like, a handful of antibiotics, right. I believe. Right. Uh, or at least classes of antibiotics, yeah. So it kind of makes me worried, like, I'm allergic to the two biggest ones. Right. Yeah, my dad is allergic so that's to not and then mom. But what, what are you taking it for? Or do you take it a lot? No. Um, I took it – the last time I took it was for a sinus infection that lasted, like, a month and a half. And I went to oh, the doctor, shit. and he was like, oh, yeah, you got it bad. And he gave me uh, that Bactrim stuff. Right. And then on, like, this – it's, like, a 10-day cycle. And on, like, the sixth, the seventh day, um, I was in Shamokin, uh, sleeping in my buddy Anthony's basement, the other guy in my band. And I'm on the seventh day of this antibiotics, and I'm just down there, and I'm just shivering uncontrollably oh, and my God. sweating. And I was like, should I – you know, with antibiotics, they say you have to take the whole 10 days. Otherwise, it could come back. So, like, I'm on day seven, and, like, these, these are the side effects. And I was like, should I take another one? Should I take another one? Uh, and I did not. And luckily, I did not because I spent the next, like, four hours just, like, thinking, legitimately thinking I was going to die down there. I'm oh. um, just shaking so uncontrollably that my teeth were chattering that, like, I, I can't even – I can't even demonstrate how fast I was shaking because I can't force my body to, to vibrate at that, that frequency. Um, but I was just lying down there sweating under the covers, shaking uncontrollably, thinking, I'm going to die down here. This is it. And then I went to the bathroom and I looked at myself and I had a rash from head to toe, a blotchy, I was just blotchy red all over my body. Um, so that was the allergic reaction from that. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, crazy. That was real crazy. It was real crazy. Uh. Uh, yep. So uh, penicillin or the amoxicillin, which is like the pink variety of that. Uh, I had an allergic reaction to that when I was like seven. Uh, so I haven't had it since then. So I don't know if mm -hmm. I'm still allergic to that. Did you by any chance try uh, 
you try any of the the Paul Stamets mushrooms by any chance? Um, I have not, mm. but I know of them, and I uh, I would definitely if I had the uh, disposable cash to get some of those. Well, how much did your doctor's appointment cost? Um, that was. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless of what it costs, yeah, uh, I can't remember. The Stamets, it wasn't very much. The sta- I take the Stamets immune mushrooms. Um, fortunately, my grocery store sells them because I live in hippie Colorado. But um, you can get them online, and I think you can get them for fifteen to twenty dollars. Nice. And. Um, I really can't recommend it any any higher. Um, I don't take. I get when I get sick. I don't take antibiotics. Obviously, you don't either because you waited a month and a half. So <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're obviously was, not. Quick. It was that terrible that yeah. I had to do that. Yeah, you're obviously not quick to grab the the antibiotics. But I would recommend you try try the the mushrooms next time because those do have the antibiotic properties. So that might be what you have to do since you're allergic. So, oh, try it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sinus infection was terrible. I just think about all the people that suffered before modern medicine for the majority of history, and everyone was just, like, sick all the time and just hoping not to die. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Life was really, statistically speaking, just awful. Um, Before the Industrial Revolution, like, oh, boy. Yeah, we're in a good spot right now. No, thank you. Yeah, no kidding. We're really... We've, we're really still reaping the, the benefits of the 20th century progress that we had. I'm, I'm very... I, yeah, I, I hope it all doesn't come crashing down around us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've always been an optimist, but I'm more, like you said, we're getting older. I mean, <laughs> we're getting older is the most cliche, obvious statement. No one's ever getting younger. No one's Benjamin Buttoning. Literally, every Not time yet. we speak, we are getting old. The, 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 the definition of time is that we'll always get older. Anyway... We're getting older, like you said, and um, I'm now realizing oh, like, that, like, maybe for the first time in my life, I'm realizing that the world might not be better by the time I die, and it or like the world might be worse by the time I die, and um, or the world won't be where I want it to be. Like, I'm always an idealist and I'm an optimist, and maybe subconsciously, I always just assume that the world would like end up the way I thought it should end up. And as I'm getting older, maybe I'm realizing like I, I'm not going to see that utopia <laughs> that I always hoped I would see because <laughs> that's ridiculous. Maybe. But um, maybe you never know. Still an optimist, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we have uh, a runoff election here in Denver for our mayor, which I'm kind of excited about, although both candidates kind of suck. Um, they're both Democrats, but I don't like them. Do uh, do people in your area, like, or people around you in your life, talk about politics, like mayor elections or things like that? Um, not really, but I also don't really interact with a lot of the people in my area, other than at my job. Um, right. Yeah, I mostly interact with the fest, the people who come to the festival, just because I'm at the gate for seventy two hours straight. So I literally meet and see every single person who goes in or out. Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have like a... Yeah, I don't really talk to too many people. It's exhausting. <laughs> I don't have what you I call a, a social life. 
Yeah, I I used to be much more of an extrovert, uh, just because it was easy in a, in the fraternity. You know what I mean? Like, just leave my door open and play guitar, and then people just end up like hanging out. Right. Um, but now I just enjoy my solitude, or at least my solitude within my own family unit. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, I guess because your work is when you're doing your music work, you have to interact with people. So you're like constantly, I'm sure communicating that way. So, yeah, and am I, and at, when I'm working at red lobster, it's also just constantly talking to everybody, talking to tables, talking to their managers and servers and kitchen and remembering stuff and, you know, thinking and running and thinking and thinking. Mm-hmm. And I can just be at home and just, like when you when you take mushrooms just like time stops and you're just like in this room <laughs> yeah and yes indeed well that was a good in the room. you really connected it there you tied the room together mushrooms and and elections uh we had we passed mushrooms being legal in our last election so anyway yep well next yep. time you have uh, an election with a ballot talk to it about your friends let them know who to vote for that's yeah, weird. and it's weird. I don't really feel a. I even though I've been living in where I'm living in the Poconos since like 2011. Well, I left for two years, um, and then came back. So basically, since like 2013, um, I've been living here. I still feel like it's transient. Like this isn't like my my spirit's home. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Like, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like I live. Like, this is my home area. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is such like a, a touristy spot. Like, we're in between like Philly and New York. Um, we're like the. We're we're probably like an an hour outside of New York, maybe. So this mm-hmm. is like a, a big, uh, just stop off point for people to get food and like there's resorts up here, so it's very touristy. Um, right. Well, where is your soul's home? I don't know. Not on this planet. Oh, Jesus. Where the the dinosaurs are. Could be. On planet X with Lord Xenon, whatever the ontologists believe. (laughs) Lord Zandu, President, intergalactic President Zandu, something like that. I also, it's also weird that, uh, my, my parents sold the house that I like was born and grew up in. Oh, boo. So, get the fuck over it. Well, once that happens, it just kind of like flips a switch in your head. It's my, my home. And where, where'd you, let me tell you something where you grew up was a fucking shithole. It was garbage. It was dumpster fired. Literally never been to your childhood home. Sure. It was lovely. Many memories. It was crap. Okay. <laughs> Many memories. Many memory. It was fucking garbage, dude. I don't know. I mean, so, uh, well, find your fucking soul's home. Jesus. Stop complaining to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish you the best, the best. When I was a kid, I always thought like, I'll, I'm going to live somewhere different every four years, which has actually happened in my life, in my adult life. But I thought I would want to continue that trend but it's really unsustainable um, because it's important to have people you care about around you. I think Um, I'm sure different people require different amounts of important people around them or people that care about them. But I enjoy having 
a good amount of people around me that like care about me, like my family and stuff and friends. And it's just hard when you move every four years to like create friendships, you know, and like create friendships that like matter where like people like you care about each other. So anywho. Oh yeah. I mean, same thing with being a touring musician, you know what I mean? Or a touring oh, yeah. performer of any kind. That makes sense. That it's much harder to, to make and maintain relationships. So, I mean, I, I've definitely made some kind of a choice. Like I have a house and I have a wife, but I still do what I do. But I've definitely focused more on the festivals just because that's more self-sustaining. And also it allows me, it gives me a stage to present my music more so than playing a thousand smaller shows. I can play in front of, you know, 500 people three times a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of festivals this weekend in Denver is the chalk art festival. Oh, it's cool. If you ever make it out to Denver, you should try it maybe for this weekend. It's, there's a few cool free things in Denver in the summer, but this is where they block off uh, a couple blocks of downtown and they have these artists, um, make these giant pieces on the, on the street. And every, each artist gets like, I don't know, like a four foot by four foot space to, to make their piece. And some of them are cartoonish. Some of them are Art Nouveau. Some of them are abstract. Some of these um, paint uh, chalk art um, things are three-dimensional. Like you st- stand in a certain spot and this lizard looks like it's be- jumped off the, the concrete. It looks 3D. Absolutely. Um, there are portraits, self like port- uh, portraits and landscapes. Um, they are like amazing looking dude, like breathtaking, colorful, vivid. You would never imagine that this would be chalk on a street. So I'm really looking forward to it. And there's like maybe a hundred of them that you walk, get to walk around and it starts on Friday until you get to see them like progress as the weekend. You stop in for 20 minutes and walk around or for an hour and see them progress. So by Sunday, they're all done. So I'm excited. Yeah, I always admire people who are really good at like proportions and dimensions. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I am, I am so not good or slash trained in drawing and painting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's like even the simple things I can appreciate because I don't understand how any of it, of it works really. Yeah, totally. I I am such a bad drawer, painter, things like that. I do a lot of artwork with my nephews and I just do abstract stuff, which is fun. Just like patterns on the page, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I am such a bad visual artist and I just, I can't even, but when I look at what somebody did, I'm like, how the fuck, like how Bob Ross would make something out of nothing. Like I'll look at a Van Gogh. Oh, yeah, he's incredible. He's yeah. Incredible. And I'll be like, how, how did you figure out that like this brushstroke of gray next to this brushstroke of blue would, would look like a fence. Like, how the fuck, how did you know that? Like, <laughs> it's just baffling to me. I'm like, how did you, yeah, how did those five brushstrokes make a tree? Like, I, I'm always baffled by that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, some people are just masters. Mm-hmm. Master, master baiters. Hee hee hee, Well, what else you got? You got anything else for this pod? Oh, I was pretty high at the beginning of it. That's for sure. But, uh, 
<laughs> it evened out nicely over the uh, the last hour and however many minutes. Good. So what are you doing this weekend? You got any shows? Uh, no, just working this weekend. Um, got a couple shows uh, June 6th and 7th, playing a nice private party down in the uh, rich sector of Jenkintown by Philadelphia. Oh, cool. A little little corporate party. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, it's a, this, we call him the richest man in Jenkintown. Uh, he just owns this, like, $20 million house in the super rich neighborhood. And it's got, like, a courtyard in the back and, like, a, a pool and, like, a little lake. And it's crazy. We played there for him, like, five or six times. We played his wedding there. He just loves us. Huh. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So we're doing that again on June 6th. And then June 7th, we're playing in Westchester down by Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, just planning for the Threestival. Wow, cool, man. Well, we should uh, we should get on this pod again very soon. Now that now that I'm back in country and you got your last Threestival behind you and your next one coming up right away, but we should get on this again, shall we? Yeah, we've already been potty trained. <laughs> little wordplay, little dad humor, love it. Gotcha. All right. All right, well, I'm going uh, to play us out, Johnny, unless you got anything else that we should cover. All right, I'm going to go uh, eat a meat sandwich. <laughs> yeah, extra, extra meat, please, after that extra conversation. Extra meat, please. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to turn back on this Willie Nelson situation. Tell everybody who's listening, thanks for fucking listening to the Unnecessary Podcast. And that was an unnecessary curse necessary sign up well thanks again lee and uh everybody have a good one see you soon please, please stay and neuter your pets